Welcome to the New Habits Podcast, where executives and MVPs from Microsoft Partners discuss the Microsoft Teams application and its use in enterprises. Hello, and welcome everybody to this edition of the New Habits Podcast. I'm joined today by Paul Schaeflein and Wes Hackett, uh, two of my colleagues and Microsoft MVPs. Hi, guys. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about Viva and specifically Viva Connections, which is one of the modules from this new employee experience uh, capability that Microsoft released uh, or at least announced at the start of February. Uh, Viva Connections is really an application that will create a digital connecting layer, bringing people together onto the same page. The ambition is that Viva Connections will help with culture, binding the organization together and creating a sense of belonging. Lofty ambitions, but practically speaking, Wes, why don't you lead us in by telling us what exactly it is? Well, I think uh, let, let's start by positioning what you already have. So you're very likely to have a Microsoft Teams estate. Since the move to remote working and working from home, um, many organizations jumped on the deployment of Teams as a way to keep the organization moving forward as, as information workers. There's also a lot of businesses that have this concept of a frontline worker. And a frontline worker is anybody that really doesn't sit at a desk. So that can be retail scenarios. It can be uh, medical establishment scenarios. It can be factory floors. Anywhere where your mobile phone or a tablet device is your primary device and um, that kind of use case satisfaction, that kind of frontline worker experience. So that is your teamwork, your collaboration space. Alongside that, you're very likely to have a SharePoint Online-based intranet. Um, if you've been getting the big big sort of value out of Office 365 over the last couple of years, you'll have invested in building publishing portals of various descriptions under the kind of big umbrella of, of digital workplace or intranet. And you've either built that in-house, you've built that with a, with a partner or a vendor, and all of that kind of ecosystem of content is up and running. So that's where we're starting from. Now, there's a whole bunch of peripheral applications in Office 365, Planner, Tasks, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. And a small sort of micro ecosystem of, of uh, jobs around what and which products to use when. You know, I'm trying to perform an activity. What do I need? How do I do it? Which technology should I use? And it's been, you know, the, 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 the sort of core problem in the last two years with Office 365's explosive use. The average employee is kind of baffled by where should I be and what should I be doing? So I think Microsoft recognized this and working with their larger customers, um, we've seen firsthand how confusing it can be for, for an average business team to pick up these tools and try and get get going and carry on with the way that they work today. So Microsoft have obviously stepped back. They've evaluated um, all the different vertical slices of their software platform and they've thought, you know what, this isn't really targeting the modern use case, this modern workplace kind of needs to evolve that one step further. And this this huge hockey stick upswing in telemetry that they'll have got from the COVID period where we're all working at home and we are fundamentally, as businesses, all working through their technology. It's given them some unique insights into behaviors, into bottlenecks in productivity. And I think um, 
they've they've done a uh, like a fantastic job of recognizing that um, they need to think about and reinvent the, their, their software platform around the employee's experience. And they've coined this phrase, phrase the employee experience platform or EXP for short. And they're kind of positioning it to say, well, we used to deliver vertical slices of software, things that you would be familiar with. You'd go to Teams to collaborate, you get SharePoint for, for publishing or files, you go to OneDrive for working privately. Now they want you to think about as an organization, I want to connect and build knowledge connections. I want to get insights into behavior, both at a personal and a team level. So Viva Insights, you've got Viva Topics, which is part of Project Cortex. Um, so SharePoint Syntax is, is the kind of mining capability. Topics is an AI-driven understanding capability. It's a thing that's going to give you the sinews between me as an individual and the content I create and topics that I'm interested in because I create content in those areas. And it's going to help you pull those two things together. And then the final sort of area Microsoft are exploring and, and, you know, these are the first, I think, baby steps in capabilities in some of these areas is really that learning management system, the, the kind of e-learning, because obviously as we all went into different buildings, working at home, working from smaller locations, it, it's proven to be difficult to upskill, onboard, train, assess people's skills attainment in this kind of remote environment. So that, you know, the idea of having an integrated LMS into a place where you're doing work as well as re receiving information, that kind of triangle of learning, doing, sharing, learning, doing, sharing, learning, doing, sharing, that's the innovation cycle that businesses are kind of looking for. And the Viva suite is positioning those 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 pieces on the chessboard for us to then you know move off as an organization and start playing them tactically and more strategically in long term so i think it's a it's a bold exciting and very timely move by the microsoft product group to really think about this new perspective on the software platforms that already exist so i, I deliberately started from what's there today because when you think about Viva Connections, which is the kind of the, um, the, the primary uh, subject for today's session, it, it's your intranet. If you have no intranet, can you take advantage of connections? Probably not immediately because you need the ecosystem to build up. We saw the, um, the launch materials that are in the public domain and, and how um, they're bringing the intranet experience, that intelligent intranet, they've been building upon that momentum they're building that into Microsoft Teams, the single app for the desktop where most people are spending a substantial portion of the day. So the intranet and Teams are now one and the same kind of experience, which is a fantastic move. But if if somebody was to say, how do I go about building a, you know, Viva Connections platform, it's like, well, you're actually building the internet, you're building the SharePoint environment, then your final step is a small technical deployment so will Viva Connections dilute the intranet or strengthen the intranet? Because I'm sure that for many communications professionals, um, the step into Microsoft Teams 
could be perceived as positive because it takes them somewhere they're not today, but on the other hand, throws them into what's a very noisy environment um, with with Microsoft Teams and and the way it is very free-flowing. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of chat. There's a lot of calls. Um, how should communicators see this? Is it is it good for them? I, I personally feel it's 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 an amazing step forward for them because um, for many years they, as a group within an organisation, have been on the periphery of the actual activity that people do day to day. So unless the content itself was something fundamental to me as an individual employee performing a task, I visit it only when I have to. So for for years upon years upon years, the intranet homepage has been sometimes nothing more than a glorified set of quick links. It's a place to come to go somewhere else. And teams kind of really, really hammered that value because teams became a place to come to go somewhere else. You you came there to go from one team to another, to work with different people, different times of day. And you didn't need to come through this intranet front door anymore. That sort of big fanfared concierge service on the intranet homepage, it wasn't relevant. So I think communications team and internal marketing teams that are forward facing and thinking about this employee experience are finally freeing up probably more than 50% of that homepage real estate for more important content to meet their strategic aims of communicating, building a sense of community and engagement, making sure that everybody understands the company's purpose and direction and its values and, you know, builds on that inclusivity that everybody's voice is of equal measure they're getting rid of all the furniture junk they're kind of clearing out the links they're clearing out the business out you know the apps and stuff like that teams being bringing that stuff into teams for me it's going to be a really exciting conversation to say hey you don't need your finance system link on the homepage anymore because you know what we can have that in a teams rail you don't need your um, workday or your um you know, HR type platform stuff, dedicated widgets on homepages because that SaaS provider has got a Teams integration. So you've got the internet, you've got Teams. It's more of a coherent ecosystem. So I think for me, it's going to be a positive step forward because the comms teams are going to be able to put much more distillation into that homepage experience. It's going to be much more about content and much more about the vibrancy of that stuff. And I see a lot of parallels to how people are consuming news outside of the organization. We have Facebook feeds and Twitter feeds and who knows what social media app launched last week while I was sleeping. And the, the a lot of the connection screenshots that I've seen get us close to that, where I can see a feed of things going through. And if I'm a communications professional, it's incumbent upon me to make sure I get a interesting headline or snippet of code or a pretty picture that catches the attention of folks and gets that this is a way for them to drive by, see the information I'm trying to connect. And when it's relevant, they'll click in. And if it's not relevant, they won't. So I think it's a, it's another avenue for them to advertise, if you will, their communication story. And now they can use the SharePoint pages to focus on the depth and the breadth of what they need to do. I think the, um, from what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, the difference between people that are, um, excited for it uh, versus slightly worried about it um, split um, perfectly but in the sense that 
those that seem to be excited about it have already been thinking for quite a long time now about various content channels for their communications. So, yes, there's a news story on SharePoint, but they've also been um, posting that into teams where those teams have a particular interest in that um, article topic or they've um, been running town halls in Yammer. Uh, they're very comfortable with that also living in stream. They might embed that into an article page after the fact with a write-up of the event. So for me, the communicators that have already moved beyond the idea of just SharePoint and just news and have, have considered Office 365 as a series of channels are really excited about this. Um, the ones that have somewhat put their head under the blanket um, and kept to the more traditional model of published news, email newsletter, um, are panicking a bit because they, um, for them, it feels like that domain is is diluting. Um, but actually, the whole platform is consolidating into uh, a much more streamlined experience, and so. This feels like something that people are just going to have to get on top of now um, because this is this is it. This isn't going to go anywhere. And it's so bold uh, and upfront. I know that in previous sessions, um, we've talked about the fact you can tab in SharePoint article pages um, into a team, which, of course, is still there and is this, but on a more granular focused level. Um, Viva Connections, it's right there, isn't it? In your left-hand rail, top left. Um, it's very in your face. It's not very optional if your organization chooses to go ahead with it. So it will be interesting to see whether this moves the communications professionals ecosystem on um, in, in you know a leap rather than a small step. Um, or, or whether we we see a, a bit of a retreat um, uh, and actually we don't see Viva Connections being turned on for too many people. Wes. I think the, the, other, the other exciting um, kind of undertone that's not immediately obvious by this, this uh, de deployment and capability is, you know, last year there was a, there was a fair few jokes about, you know, the year of Yammer. Um, you know, where is Yammer's relevance? And Microsoft came out with the home run, you know, with Vivo, which is it's the conversational fabric behind those experiences that go across the organization. So they, they've had those diagrams, which is outer loop and inner loop. But when I'm talking with our customers at the moment, I'm not using that sort of paradigm. The way I'm discussing it with them is if you think about you've got a vertical sort of slice, you've got your team, your project, your department, your you kind of you've got your bubble with your different division, um, the channels inside it. And as a as a as a collective set of human beings working with one another, you also dive out into the wider community to to get help, to get information. Now some of that's going to be SharePoint communication sites. It's going to be reference material. But other parts of that is the active conversations coming from the Yammer system. It's the communities of practice. It's the communities that share. It's the strategic things the whole business is trying to engage the employee base with. So now you've got this, this kind of wonderful intersection of Yammer as that horizontal, far-reaching community being brought into the context of a localized team. Um, today, you achieve that with the Teams 
app inside uh, the Yammer app inside Teams. You can do great things like sharing um, a thread from Yammer directly into the channel of Teams, and then it creates that loose connection between the conversations you have privately as a team and the conversation that's happening out out in the ecosystem. Yammer's got some Q&A features, you know, ask a question, mark it as top answer. Those kind of things help to drive engagement with a large or larger audience than sort of a localized team. And I know there's been a sort of swing towards Microsoft's teams being the, the sole solution for communities at the moment. Um, many organizations sort of dismiss Yammer um, without really exploring its value. And I think Viva is pushing that that agenda away from is it Yammer or is it Teams and actually back towards a topic and scenario, which is are you running a localized project of X number of people or are you trying to engage your entire, let's say, country of Malaysia because you've got manufacturing plants plus head offices plus service centers plus partners all in that region how are you communicating what is the channel that you're delivering to, as a communications team regardless of of, of, of the of the sort of team's collaborative sides you know what are you using how are you dividing that up and yam is a much better fit than trying to cram that into a giant teams team so viva uh, connections is um, known at the moment to be a dashboard uh, that sits within the Microsoft Teams service, uh, bringing through uh, the SharePoint uh, intranet home experience. Um, it's offering a new personalized feed, which is potentially pulling content together from SharePoint, Yammer, uh, or Stream into that single feed. Um, it's inherited certain aspects of SharePoint. For example, audience targeting is going to be there from, from day one. Um, and we've also got uh, the ability to customize resources for different employee groups uh, like frontline workers in the way that you described at the outset, Wes. So um, what, are the, what are the specific use cases for this? I mean, is it just simply intranet now in Teams? Or are there net new um, business scenarios that we can deliver upon with this capability? So without um, stepping into the murky waters of, of things we're working working on more privately, the, the, think the dashboard is an exciting avenue of, of deliverables. Um, you know, we've seen from the, the launch materials, the, the, the sort of mobile phone is where you need to go and look to get a sort of sense of what that dashboard is. Um, the the examples primarily on that dashboard little cubes of information that you can act upon um so a bit of a sort of joke around is this windows metro version 2 we're coming back to little tiles that that have kind of reaction to some kind of change in the back end system but if you think about the different scenarios and specifically for frontline worker experiences I'm on a phone or I'm on an iPad or, a, or, a, or an Android tablet. I've got a smaller form factor. It's touch enabled and I'm doing things quickly. This idea of having the ability to, to look at a dashboard of information to make active decisions on is quite an exciting scenario. Now, I, I'm, I can't share too much about what, what the direction of travel and where those things might go. But as an extensibility um platform you know it's already sharepoint framework for 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 the connections you, you're building building sharepoint artifacts 
Um, more details will come out over time as, as how you can actually extend Viva connections in more detail. But at the moment, you've got that dashboard, you've got the kind of SharePoint page experience. And I think you, you've got, um, you've got the sort of use cases, really frontline workers, how they, um, how they kind of need information at their fingertips, literally at their fingertips. And can you make that actionable? Um, is you know how that is going to fit into connections so um yeah dashboard is dashboard is quite an exciting little avenue to explore i think once once it uh, gets released i think there's a lot of potential there right because we've seen yammer has a feed teams has a feed i might have my inbox and if and if the connections feed can aggregate that information as the, the microsoft is telling us that makes my life simpler i don't have to go to multiple places and then I combine that's reacting to what's happening in my organization. And if the dashboard lets, you know, if I'm a communications person and I want to push information to folks, maybe raise its profile, I get it on the dashboard. And so now it's, you know, I have my feed, I have my dashboards back and forth and I can target that information to the to folks and, and let the again, it's making the the day to day productivity greater for employees without the information overload that that's a but I think it's definitely going to make it easier to have conversations um, within the organization. Um, previously, if that, that had been a conversation had been kicked off in Yammer, you'd need to have been in Yammer, uh, perhaps to have spotted it um, before it's further down your feed to take part. Um, but if this is now going to be um, right next to where I'm working on a document, um, there's there's more chance of me seeing it. And you're quite right, Paul, that there's going to be a boost capability in the feed, um, which will allow for um, communications professionals to set certain items as always on top until read or show it here until we get X number of impressions, which is um, all goes uh, a long way towards ensuring that when the organization wants a conversation or some feedback on something, it, it can definitely get it. Um, Paul, talk to us about the extensibility model here. What's the opportunity for partners? Yeah, so the you know there's not a lot of stuff published just yet, but the the, the appeal for partners is that it's a, yet another surface in which I can put content. And, and we, we know that it's running inside of Microsoft Teams and Teams has the extensibility model. So I can see some some integration there. Uh, maybe I want to have a button that you know launches my tab or, or switches to my my personal app for some content there. Uh, in, in addition, we've already seen how they're, they're talking about we can bring in information from all the other Office 365 suites. And so it's not hard to imagine the case of me wanting to bring in line of business data or or, or third party other ISV data, other software service vendors that my organization is using. So I can see a lot of capability there. Again, if I, it's a way for me to pull data and get it in front of folks. Now, obviously, the the, the Microsoft has made their the, their extensibility model in in the Node SPFX world, and so we can certainly see that. But they've already talked about how there will be other connections using the power platform and adaptive cards and, and and all the connections I see into the service already, it doesn't make sense to build something new. And so I'm excited to see where where this law lands for the developers. And I'm I'm sure that the existing tech that we've seen will be will be leveraged. And so 
again, if I if I'm uh, a partner and I offer a service such as what we do, getting our stuff in, included in the dashboard and boosting it into the feed is an option. If I'm an internal developer, I can certainly get whatever backend system that needs to get in front of folks. I can get it in front of them. That audience targeting is a is a home run. I think if you, that's going to be based on groups, no doubt. Which means if a team has a group, a Yammer group has is a group, <laughs> and so I can make the dashboard relevant to the person who's looking at it. So lots of opportunity there. And again, it all boils down to what what information is in your system that's relevant to the current person and get it in front of them. So is the extensibility model um, that we can see is, is potentially going to be coming through Viva Connections, is that likely to compete with things like the Teams apps model that we were talking on on the last podcast? Um, how, you know, if I'm if I'm a person with a budget in a business, do I build a Teams app or do I build a card for the Viva Connections dashboard or are they the same thing? Well, so they're not the same thing, but I, it, building a card for the Viva dashboard doesn't appear to be as intensive as it would be building the app. So if I build the app. At some point, I have to think my app has notifications which would then show up in the feed, or my app has uh, highlights or summary data, which maybe ends up as a card. And so I, I don't think it's an either or proposition. I think it's a case of if you have something that you're building in Teams already, what pieces of information are are interesting and important and how do I get those surfaced? And at the end of the day, if, I, if I've already gone through the effort of putting something up into the, up into the cloud to host it in, as part of a Teams app, Surfacing it onto the dashboard or the feed really is not going to be dramatic. It's 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 incremental step, and you'd be hard, you'd be you'd be remiss to not look into it. I think if, if it takes off the way I think it is, you're going to certainly want to get that information in front of folks. So I don't anticipate it being a big either or decision. I think it's a you've done the you've done the hard work for an app. Now put the, that app into the dashboard. So I think the. The interesting kind of space here is the integrations. Like if we're talking about connections being uh, a, a broader experience around intranet content, this concept of an integration, you know, if you look back through the last five years of intranet projects, almost every single one of them has this, we want to integrate to X, Y, and Z products. A lot of the time those were internally deployed or even like homegrown, home-rolled solutions that were performing some kind of, you know, let's say timesheet service or HR management service. And this kind of direction of travel, I think, is going to change that conversation as well because rather than let the company A build a integration to their um, you know, employee management platform, it's the employee management platform provider building the service into the experience. So, you know, if you were if you were sort of a, a communications team now and you were getting requirements that were sort of, you know, let's say you had work, I'm just picking on Workday again, but let's say you had Workday running in your environment, you'd expect that SaaS provider to be, be already providing a comprehensive deployable integration to teams and the experience. So, does that need to feature on your intranet requirements anymore? Because actually, you're 
you're expecting that SaaS provider. We've moved from an internal hosted on-premises deployment. We're moving to SaaS as a set of jigsaw pieces. The person that does the best integration is always the SaaS provider. Um, Microsoft do the best integration between their services because if they don't deliver a public API for something, the vendors in the ecosystem and the internal teams in the ecosystem can't provide it um, without doing something naughty and unsupported. So again, I think there's extensibility from um, you know innovative gap filling um, a system A that's homegrown inside somebody you know wants a share price web part to look a certain way. They're always going to build the share price web part, but when it comes to the big, deep, hard problem spaces like employee management, identity management, all those kind of things, where the company's gone with the vendor product. I think they're going to be pushing the vendors to provide those integrations as well. And, and I think that that's an interesting one because it, it kind of, if you look at the, the list of intranet offerings that connect to SharePoint Online and Office 365, I think Viva Connections uh, gives a real challenge to those that are not already inside the boundary of Office 365 for the products that are out there running their own service platforms with their own deliverable roadmaps and user experiences they host. You know, can a customer that's gone that route take advantage of those innovations Microsoft are delivering quickly? Does it integrate? You know, so the integration is going the other way for them, which is Microsoft released something, how do they integrate it in? And if Microsoft don't give APIs to do that, they're, they're, they're lagging. So I think it's going to, it's going to influ influence how integrations are appraised when people are proposing new projects around um, engagement and community and intranet, because people are going to start looking at the integration of, is it a Teams app? Is it SharePoint web part? You know, that's not the problem space anymore. It's we want a coherent story for somebody knowing when their shift is, how to get messages to them, how to get them to understand the values of the business and the innovation from the business, how to feedback. You know, it's going to be proper business scenario driven. And I think that's the big change you know, for the integration. Some of us have seen this before back in the in the portal days, which was probably a couple, three decades ago. But it, you supported the plum tree or the hummingbird API for for portals so that when I was going to use your third-party system, my employees could get to the data. And it, it's the same kind of concept. And if Microsoft delivers, then folks are, as you say, they're going to say, well, I want to put this in my dashboard. So how do I put your system in my dashboard? I think the big question is how much of that API is going to be available to every third party in the world versus how much is going to, you know, it's going to fit well with the power platform or the dynamic stuff. And we'll see. And we, we certainly know that day one, it's going to be, it's going to be the minimum they need to make the Viva product go. So I think there's going to be a, an ongoing discussion amongst uh, partners in, into Microsoft and within Microsoft itself. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But it certainly is certain if, if you have a system, you've got to get on board and start getting data. Again, we're back to the employees are doing stuff. We certainly want to get in front of them. How can we help? I think it will be interesting to see whether um, organizations take the route of making the dashboard a little bit like your mobile apps experience where it's all my stuff. It's, you know, um, my holiday, uh, my number of days holiday left, 
uh, my line management, um, you know, my review in, in process, my task. It, it really should be. Whether we're right? going I mean, to it, see. It, it, oh. Help your employees help well, you, right? I mean, that, that certainly is some. <laughs> or whether we're going to see um, effectively the intranet home being turned into a bunch of boxes uh, and, and stuck on the dashboard or, or a combination. For me, I, I actually do agree with you, Paul. I, th I think um, it's a, a really great moment um, to deliver employees a really personalized experience, one that they care about, um, which is things like their holiday, their review, their tasks. Um, uh, but, but I suspect um, that given where uh, budgets come from, um, it might be a bit more of a push than a pull. Wes is violently shaking in disagreement yeah, with me. Go on, then. Fortunately, this is only an audio show. Um, I've used the term intellectually lazy a few times when we're on these sessions for, for the obvious. Every, every time you look at a new capability Microsoft deliver, um, and you can spot within 10 minutes some opportunities to do something. I think you have to kind of work on the assumption Microsoft spotted them as well, and it's just a roadmap item that's coming. Um, think, thinking connections, you know, that dashboard, is it going to become the glorified quick links Yes, if you don't put any thought into it. If you if you just look at that and go, well, what I need is the Windows 8 start panel, and I'm going to just go bang. There's all my, oh, there's all my widgets that I had on my uh, homepage. Organizations that are going to put some thought into this are going to think about the scenarios for what their employee needs to do, and they're going to tailor it accordingly and have that as a as an experience that is, you know, the the um, the, the Batman belt where it's got all the tools that that particular in individual needs and it's got the actions that they perform quick and easily accessible. I think, you know, if you think about frontline workers as a significant target for that intellectual thinking, um, you know, if we think about construction industry, you know, what information do people need to be able to quickly access, quickly action, um, you know, if, if there's a safety alert go out, do we need to be able to kind of mark as safe quickly and how is that audited and those kind of experiences? So that's kind of personal to you because it's in the context of the work package that you're doing. And I think day one, there's going to be some explorations that will fail and they're not going to really solve, solve a problem that was perceived. They're going to sort of introduce net new stuff. But I really do hope that the kind of lazy answers of we just need a dashboard that has widgets that look like square tiles that are just mini web parts that is the homepage repeated don't get put into production because it because I think it's an I think you know you've got this pivotal moment where you're moving forward that employee experience which insinuates you're thinking about what their experience needs to be not what the central team can be bothered to do well, well, but we all we all know that there are many, many organizations who are going to deploy what they get out of the box from Microsoft. And so it's going to be a bunch of boxes with whatever Microsoft's AI algorithm has has decided is important for whatever reason. But they have already said that the they it's customizable with the power platform. So there's really no reason why we need to engage someone who's at the dev kitchen knowing all the geeky stuff to extend it. We can find things that are, you know,
processes and and data captures that we do in our business, we can add to it. So I think, well, and that's why folks are listening to this podcast are so much better than the others because you know they don't just take what's out of the box; they think outside the box. And and but sadly, you're right. There will be a bunch of boxes, but I think that as we talk to folks, we can encourage them to go more. I think if you if if you're if you're an organization that's that's had flow buttons deployed. This is this is going. This is in my mind. This is the ne- next natural evolution of that concept. It's like if you, if you if you had a, a you know a suite of twenty different flow buttons that take small data entry to action from a mobile phone. I, I think you're in a great place to take advantage of the dashboard day one and have a really really smart experience. I think f- those that are a bit further back on the maturity curve, they are still going to go down some exploratory routes like repeating their homepage on the dashboard, which they're going to struggle to get the uptake and value from in the same way that, you know, there are plenty of plenty of dark underused places in, in office 365 where, where there's actually, you know, for that one or two core use cases, maybe 5% of the organization is getting huge value, but the others ignore it. They literally ignore it. It's not relevant to them. And the dashboard could be one of those type of capabilities. And um, what is going to be um, the the difference between the desktop and the mobile apps? Because it, it is the case that this dashboard with boxes UI that we're all referring to here is predominantly the mobile UI, where the desktop um, uh, is is able to provide employees with more visuals, more text. Um, so, so, so what is the difference? What, what do we know about the functional differences at this stage? Well, looking at the marketing materials, they, they say, get ready by deploying a SharePoint home site. <laughs> so I, I would imagine in the desktop experience, it's going to be your SharePoint home site tab, but it's not in a tab UI, right? It, it's more of a full screen experience. I think for sure that's going to be the and beginning. And it has to be the home app, right, Paul? It can't just be a, a, a different sort of SharePoint well, page. I, yeah, I, I, believe, I believe that's true. Although, I mean, yet to be seen as, as things roll out, uh, we'll see. And I'm sure many organizations will push back <laughs> because how much of my SharePoint home site can I audience target? I'm not sure how that all works out in practice yet. So we'll be interesting to see. But I think you're certainly going to have to if you're going to have to have something in SharePoint to begin with. So we're back to all those communications professionals. You still need to have a home page or main a main communications site that has interesting and relevant information, because that's what we're going to see in the desktop experience to begin with. That, that's my hunch anyways. Yeah. And I, I think um, mobile mobile app wise, Go and look at those pictures. Pay real close attention to the, the the elements within the picture, and then go and look at the apps that are already in existence and piece together how that connections picture of the mobile app has been brought to life. It it to me gives a really strong indication somewhere somewhere somebody has gone. We've got twelve to twenty Microsoft built and managed apps in both the Apple and the Android marketplaces. And we've got to get them all deployed. We've got to get them all secured. We've got to get customers to believe that they need to deploy them and go through that pain. What if we gave them less apps? How hard would it be for an IT team to deploy less apps than more apps? So I think 
I think you know if you if you're eagle-eyed and you go and look at the, the the information that was in the launch blogs, there's plenty of pictures out there that give you clues as to which apps have features that exist today that might be in that new app coming forward, and thus you could guess that those other apps will be less and less focused going forward. And I think, you know, the fact that this thing is called Viva with four slices and it covers loads of different existing things, common sense to me says that the mobile story will go the same direction. It will be less mobile apps, more focused on employee experiences um, and that it's about that integration and that employee touch and touch and device yeah. experience. And employees don't care about the apps, right? I mean, if I, it's a list or it's a flow or it's a, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't want to find it, right? So if you get it on my dashboard or in my yeah. feed and I tap on it and it takes me where I need to go, I'm happy, right? And I think consolidation of apps, if that is the way things go, would be a great thing because it has proved to be challenging uh, supporting organizations to install uh, a OneDrive app, a Yammer app, a SharePoint app, and a Teams app, um, both from the um, general management uh, perspective, but also the uh, employee adoption point of view. So if there is a consolidation of those applications, that would be really, really excellent, I think, for, for those of us that are that are trying to get help um, the end users to uh, to make use of these yeah, apps. I mean, you, you think about what do Microsoft want people to be able to do? They want to be able to turn it on and use it. The more things equals more complicated equals longer timelines to delivery so you know they they want they, they developed the intelligent in your pocket intranet in sharepoint and that was the idea that you could deploy that quicker than you used to because you didn't have to go through the development rev uh, revisions and cycles and engage other parties to do that build for you now if we've got less less things that are more coherently joined together again it's the time to value is much shorter and therefore the business can get value out of it which makes microsoft's conversation with their customers i think going to be over time it's going to be a lot easier which is you're achieving all of these things with our platform you know it's very easy to justify that that investment that the company makes with microsoft to to, to keep spending on that platform yeah Thank you very much, uh, Paul, and was your contributions this week. Um, we're going to be uh, running a, a webinar on the 4th of March showcasing Viva Connections. So uh, do sign up by following our Twitter feed or our LinkedIn page uh, and following the, the instructions there. Thank you. Cool. Okay. See you later. is produced by Adam365. Thank you to Victor Villain for participating. Please leave a review in iTunes along with a five-star rating. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening.